0: This is the Horse Radio Network.
1: This is episode 477 of the Dressage Radio Show on the Horse Radio Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and Total Saddle Fit. Tonight, we are going to steal an interview that Reese did for the Arabian Horse Racing Radio about retraining... A very successful racehorse for a second career in dressage. We also have this year's North American Youth Championships eventing gold medalist, Alex Bro. And as usual, we will bring you a great trainer tip.
2: Stanfield from Georgetown, Kentucky,
1: and this is Philip Parks from Rockwood, Ontario, and you're listening to the Dressage Radio Show. Hi, oh, Reese. Welcome back. We're, we're back at it, right? I know we're a, back at it. I love
2: <laughs> it. Well, you you've been very busy showing and doing all the things. So it a was, lot of, it was a good.
1: lot of coaching was happening last week. <laughs> a
2: week lot first. of coaching. So,
1: yeah, we had one of our big uh, four day shows, and uh, it's very busy, and I'm really tired. <laughs> um but we still, have to do the video show thursday. We can't two. yeah Stop. <laughs> okay.
2: exactly it's thursday and you're still tired that's how big of a weekend it was for you
1: yeah, yeah that's there's tough. no break in the summer that's the problem so, yeah, you how's guys. Kentucky, really, how's things down there?
2: Things are good here. We're uh, well. We we do take a little break in the summer. Yeah. Yeah. It gets so hot here that, that that's kind of how we run our schedule. Is actually in July uh, when everyone else is really working hard. We are just kind of. I mean, everybody's working, but it's nice when it's not a, a really really uh, warm. To because usually it's really hot in July and August. So we'll we're gonna start ramping back up in the next week or two. So they don't get to vacation too much longer, which is good. But we kind of do shots and, and that kind of stuff, and in, in July, and you know, just that's just how our schedule works, and it works out quite nicely. So, but everything is great, and all the horses are are good. Knock on knock on something, and yeah, just rocking and rolling. So you are going to hear a little bit about our adventures at Briar Fest. Uh, we went to Briar Fest actually um, last weekend with a wonderful horse named Spin Doctor and you're going to hear a little bit about that uh, because I actually did an interview. Uh, it was fun to be uh, on the other side of the chair I guess. Uh, I did an interview for the Arab Racing Show uh, with the about this horse. So you're going to hear a little bit about that.
1: So Tell us, about Bri- tell us a little bit about Briarfest because not everybody knows all about this. So
2: Yeah, so Briarfest um, <laughs> is a lot of children. <laughs> I think they, they have around 20,000 visitors to the horse park for Briarfest. There are a lot of people and people come from all over. We talked to people literally from California, from Oregon, from Florida. So people come from literally all over. I'm sure there's international countries represented as well, and which is, is quite fun. And um, so we did a demo. This Briar Fest, I think every year they sort of dedicate it to a certain sport and this year it was racing. So we happened to get this horse in training to for Briarfest, actually. Um, and we were able to take him. And and I, he's going to stay, which is a lot of fun. He's doing really well. And the owner's thrilled. So we're going to keep him and, and show him. So uh, it, so it's a lot of people there. They're. they're we didn't, I didn't actually go up in the main arena, but there were vendors, lots of vendors, and lots of people. And then there's all these demos that go on. So you can so learn a lot about horses.
1: Why is it, why is it Briar Fest? What's the I reference there? They
2: sell there? a lot of Briar horses.
1: Yeah. If you don't know, the Briar horses are Sorry. the, yeah, like the toy, the miniatures that they make Classic of horses. actual horses. Yeah. Yeah so yeah, it's sorry. mostly for mostly for kids but adults get really involved in it too and
2: mm-hmm. yeah it's
1: really fun to, yeah there's can, briar horses of all and like racehorses just i think vallegro has a briar doesn't Allegro,
2: he? I, i'm not gonna lie i really wanted to go in lindsey and i really wanted to go get the vallegro but my niece <laughs> wanted the painted unicorn <laughs> It was like oh, nice. oh don't you want vallegro she's like no i want the painted unicorn Boy, and i was yeah. like Oh, of course you do. I was like, <laughs> oh, so yeah. And they had a painting station, so we, um, Addie painted a briar horse. Uh, which is super fun. They had a craft station. So lots of, lots of fun stuff. So, you know, obviously I don't have children, so there's a lot of children. (laughs)
3: Um,
2: It was was a lot, Uh, but our, our spin did a, did a wonderful job. He really did. He really held it together when he could have easily not held it together and he did a great job. So
1: that's a cool event that they have. Yeah. It really
2: is a cool event. It's here at the horse park every year. I think in the summer, it's always very hot but it was it was fun so yeah it was a good another reason
1: to visit to visit kentucky and kentucky
2: exactly horsey reason yeah there's always always something going on for sure but this was there was a lot a lot going on that weekend (laughs) (laughs) there was an event that was happening too so i was coaching there and briar fest and yeah it was a lot but it was fun so
1: so tell times. us, we got some news today, Reese. Yeah, think. we uh, did.
2: So the USD US team,
1: team is in, that, is hot, in that.
2: Uh, Yes, it's hot off the presses. I'm just pulling it up right now. So uh, literally it came out this afternoon that they have named the U.S. WEG team Laura Graves and Verdadis, 16-year-old Dutch warm Blood Gelding. She owns with Kurt Mathis, Adrian Lyle and Salvino owned by Betsy Giuliano, an 11-year-old Hanoverian stallion. Casey Perry Glass, uh, she's from Wellington, Florida, and she rides Gerkegaard's Dubley, uh, owned by Diane Perry, it's 15-year-old Danish warm blood. And Stefan Peters uh, and Rosamunda Four Winds Farm, 11-year-old Rhinelander mare. So really fun. It's fun to see that they've named the team, and the U.S. riders had a great in last week. So I think they're going to go into the Weg with a lot of confidence, which is really cool. Yeah, so
1: that's fantastic and fantastic results. And I think yeah, everybody's been stepping up to the plate, and it's yeah. going to be going to be a bit of a showdown Yay. when we get down there. Yeah, to uh, to the Weg. It's not yeah, that far away, Reese. We're gonna not be there. That,
2: can you believe it? So we, Philip and I, are gonna be there, uh, and we will come up with a listener meetup. We want to see everybody who's coming for sure, and we'll, we'll do. Glenn will have more information about that as we get a little yeah, bit. Yeah, he's
1: closer. good at setting up that kind of stuff.
2: Yeah, we are not necessarily but we <laughs> be there, and we are really looking forward to it. We're gonna actually be there for the entire dressage. For we, I think that's yes, yeah, yeah, it's, it's four or five days, and so uh, I think all our horses are gonna enjoy the September vacation. So that'll be a lot of fun. So looking forward to it. So I love it. Well, Phil, we're going to have a commercial break from Kentucky Performance Products. And we're going to come back with Alex Baugh. She is um, one of my wonderful students. And we had a great result at the North American Young Rider or Youth Championships. Uh, she won the gold medal. So I hope you enjoy her, her talking just a little bit about our horses and how we got her ready for such a big competition.
0: This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com.
3: The horse that matters to you matters to Kentucky Performance Products. Managing horses can be challenging. Each horse's personality affects the way he behaves and reacts to the world around him. Horses with certain dispositions can be at higher risk for developing health problems than others. High-strung or excitable horses are easily stressed, but so is the timid, quiet warrior. Stressed horses are more likely to develop digestive upsets that lead to colic, diarrhea, and ulcers. Nalox Advanced was specifically developed to support a digestive tract that is under stress. It sustains proper pH levels, reducing the incidence of ulcers and hindgut imbalances, while simultaneously supporting the healing of damaged tissue. Nalox Advanced supports the complete digestion of starches and sugars and sustains populations of beneficial bacteria. Make life a little easier on your sensitive horse and start him on Nalox Advanced today. To learn more about the ingredients in Nalox Advanced, visit Kentucky Performance Products at kppusa.com.
2: Well, tonight I am so happy to have back Alex Ball. She is now the winner of the Young Rider two-star eventing. She just got back from Montana. Alex, welcome back to the show. Yeah, thank you
4: for having me back.
2: Well, um, Alex and I actually just told me right before our, our interview that we have been t- working together for about a year, which is super cool because she came uh, to the barn last year uh, with this her wonderful horse. And... Um, we started training in dressage, and, and we had some goals to sort of get to the Young Riders, didn't we, Alex? Yeah, we did. We um, worked really hard at <laughs> You have. You have been working very hard. So tell us a little bit about, uh, you have two wonderful horses. Uh, the horse that you won the gold medal at the Young Riders, uh, Mango. What is, I can never say Mango's fancy name.
4: Valangue and Zaz.
2: Exactly, which is why I can't say it. Exactly. We call him Mango. So tell us a little bit about Mango.
4: Mango is
2: very opinionated, and
4: he's very good at the dressage phase. He r- really likes doing it, but you have to kind of do it his way. And if you don't, he throws a bit of a tantrum, but we've worked really hard, and Reese has really you've helped me a lot figure out a program that works for him. And we learned that like, stretching him before we ride and then slowly collecting him in the canter makes him really happy and then he does a really beautiful test yeah
1: what is it what is the tantrum involve i'd like to know this this is what i'm curious about (laughs)
4: he's really bad about his tongue and so his tongue comes Uh out and then at his worst he tries to buck me off quite frequently
2: (laughs) (laughs) he's got a little fast to him doesn't he alex
1: he's a little yeah we've
2: just seen a few bucks yeah. There, there's been some bucking. Yeah, no, it's true. I mean so Alex, you got Mango three years ago. So he was already trained. Yeah. You know, and had his had his way yeah. of, of going. And so, you know, obviously for the eventing dressage, you know, I'm lucky enough here in this area in Kentucky. I, I coach a lot of eventers, and I am not under the the feeling that that's any different. Eventing dressage is any different than regular dressage. So when Alex told me, you know, yeah. she came and said, "I want to go come do the two star, which is about second level test three, almost third level. It doesn't have a flying change in it, but it is it is definitely a difficult test. There are walk pirouettes.
1: The, yeah, those those uh, eventing tests are can be funny patterns. It's, yes. It's, it's not the same. It's it's the same, but it's not the same. They have these weird things that they have to do. I mean, it's the same movements, but just the way they, const- they construct the test is a little bit, a little bit. I think it's more designed to keep the horses very busy because you know, like like we said, a little bit the eventing horses can be a little spicy, so they need to be busy all the time, going here, going there, and I think that re- that's reflected in these tests. We
2: hate them, don't we, Alex? Not,
1: not. <laughs> They're hard.
3: They're really,
2: especially the like, tanner
4: turn, walk. Oh. turn on the haunches canter
2: yeah that's our nemesis that's movement great. isn't it alex so so tell everybody what is yeah, the movement like that, that, that that was the hardest movement we train this a lot what was this movement this is a difficult movement
0: so walk
4: pirouettes we train those nonstop, <laughs> and we're working on them still <laughs> but like the two-star test has a weird movement where you canter and you turn left at e and then before x you have to walk walk past x do a turn on the haunches left and then pick up the canner back at X and turn right. Yeah. So it's like, it comes up really quick and yeah, then they start very, anticipating very
2: it. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, it, it is, it is a very difficult, it is a very difficult I and mean, it's really hard to make it look elegant. Kind of that whole test is that way. So it is really important, especially yeah. with a horse, you know, like mango who, who is particular about the way he's ridden and the way he goes. And and overall, I mean, so Alex, talk us through your warm up because he is an interesting horse this way. He is definitely not a horse you can sort of get on and just shorten your reins and kick him. So how do we how do we work on that? Yeah,
4: um, we usually don't take that much warm up time collecting him. It's more of like we spend fifteen twenty minutes really just stretching him and getting his muscles warmed up and his, him over his back. We get him round in a stretchy frame, um, and then. When I know at Young Riders, when we were six horses out, I started picking up the canner and doing medium canners. And every time I would collect them, I'd shorten my range just a little bit. And then once he was collected enough, or halfway collected, we would start the counter canner, and then that would collect him up the rest of the way. And then he really knows his job. So once he's collected, you just do a few movements, and then you go and do your test. He doesn't need that much warm-up because he's... Um, so experienced and he knows what he's doing so really in his warm-ups it's more of just um getting his muscles just warmed up I mean he knows the rest of it
2: yeah and, and really getting the throughness right I mean that's the thing with him is yeah you have to really we call it creating the bridge from nine legs to the bit and really keeping yeah. him in front of your age and, and it takes it takes a lot of maturity Alex how old are you I'm 16 Yeah. She, she is, she is mature beyond her riding years for sure, because it takes a lot of maturity with a horse like that, because you can't just come out and kick him and pull on this horse. He, he, he will not, he'll stick his tongue out and he will be naughty. Um, and, and you really have to connect him to, to both reins. And so it takes a lot of maturity and we've worked a lot on that in the last well, a couple months um, on how we do it and and that the program stays the same no matter where we are and what we're doing. So, you know, I think that was, took us a while, didn't it, Alex, to kind of figure out what was the, what was the key to unlocking this horse's entire sort of mental and physical capability, if you want to say it that way, right?
4: Yeah. And I think we ran into a few problems too, where he would um, up a level in fitness for the cross-country phases. Mm -hmm. And we'd almost have to, like, start over because the fitter he got, the harder it was to get him through and stretched.
2: Yeah, it's a very good point. It's so true because this horse, he... you know, he's a wonderful, wonderful horse, but you know, they get that's not something a regular dressage rider has to worry about, is like, oh, now I did these gallops, and you're like, Oh my gosh, this horse is so fit now. Like, oh and like Phil said that the tests keep him really busy, but it's really difficult to make the tests look beautiful because you're always turning and yeah. you're always doing something, which is which is tough. Um, so mm-hmm. I also wanted to we wanted to talk a little bit about, I mean, you drew the first off. Uh, you, you were lucky number one through the whole deal. <laughs> <laughs> and you called me and you said, oh, I'm number one. I was like in my head thinking, oh, no. <laughs> but I didn't say that, of course. I said, don't worry. Set the bar and set it high. And, and they have to score you. And that is exactly what happened, wasn't it? Yeah. And I actually, um,
4: it's funny. I wasn't supposed to be number one. I was supposed to be the anchor rider for the team and supposed to go in the fourth place slot, which would have been one of the last horses to go. But because you have to ride your team horse first, and I took two of them, there was only three riders in the entire two star that brought two horses, and that was three out of the four of our riders on our team. <laughs> oh, damn. so um, it's yeah, so we all yeah. had to go early, and then Heather, um, who's an area eight rider who was supposed to be going first originally had to be our anchor position. So the day before, I think it was Wednesday night, they, um, told me, Oh, Hey, change of plans. You're going first. Oof. So it was a bit like nerve wracking. Cause I'd been like preparing myself to be the anchor writer. Sure. And then they told me that I couldn't be, So I think I kind of had to wrap my head around having to go in first with a so like how'd you do that? Arena.
2: yeah how'd you do that I sort of kind of told myself
4: that like no matter like I'm quite good at my accuracy like it's something that I've kind of it's been one of my strengths so I kind of told myself that if you really focus on that and then it's almost better for Mango to be going first because there's not as many horses in the warm-up mm-hmm. for him to get upset about so um just having him there he was the only one in the warm up for about 10 minutes and then just kind of focusing on him and then just going in and kind of doing it i think that he knew that he was first out cuz he's very smart and i mean he was getting ridden at 8:30 a.m. but i mean he's really good about those things and he knows what he's doing so i think he went out with a goal to set
2: the bar as well
1: Mm-hmm. I hate going first. There's like yeah. there's no pattern in the arena yet because you you're, you're yeah. if you're first you have to make the pattern. You have to
2: make the pattern, <laughs> and
1: you can't follow the lines. <laughs> I I sometimes will forget my test, and so I just have to kind of look. Okay, what what what's the possible uh, line here to follow?
2: <laughs> Phil, you yeah. need to yeah. talk to Alex about the mental preparation.
1: I know, <laughs> I know.
2: <laughs>
4: so, I think the thing I was most worried about going first was um the turn on the haunches because I always do them the wrong way. So I sat down the night before (laughs) and like drilled them. And then there ended up not being a test ride before me because they lost their test rider. They couldn't find any of them. So I think that was, um, some of my scores were a lot different than I feel like they should have been. So that was a bit more stressful as well in warm up.
2: (laughs) I bet. I bet for sure. No, I think, so the other really cool thing, in fact, is you led, start to finish with no faults after dressage right yeah that's pretty cool so how did you do that I mean this is going into also the psychology of like you have to go cross country you have to go stadium jumping so you went cross country and nailed it right you had a great run
4: yeah yeah no that was really good he was perfect on that one (laughs)
2: So now we're to the last day, Sunday. I mean, this is a big thing. This is also, you know, you can apply this logic if you're going to the championships and, you you know, you're going in lucky number one. So how did you kind of handle your nerves for Sunday? What did you do differently or if anything? Um, Well,
4: for the eventing portion, actually, on the last day for stadium, they make everyone go on reverse, reverse order of their placing. So Mango ended up being the last one in the arena. And I think they do that so that if the person in second did go double clear and you saw that and you knew that there wasn't a rail between you, it kind of puts the pressure on a bit more. But so I ended up having to ride Elmo first, which was really nice. And it gave me a bit of a test ride almost as to how the course was and how it was riding. And we ended up, I made a bit of an error going into the ABC. So the three jumps in in a row and got there kind of on a half stride And he stopped at it because I think he saw everything behind him and I gave him a bit of a heart attack, which I feel really bad about because Elmo's the sweetest thing. (laughs) (laughs) But, I know, poor Elmo. (laughs) He's a sweetheart. I think think going out on him first kind of set me up for Mango because he's my better jumper. And then what I didn't know is that Heather, my teammate, and I were the only ones in the two-star to finish on our dressage score. So I found out that everyone in the top ten ended up having a rail or two after my ride on mango. So riding into that arena, I thought that I had no rails in hand, like I had to go double clear. And then coming around to fence one, I heard the announcer say that she has a rail in hand to take the gold. And I think that took a bit of the pressure off, knowing that even if I messed up at a fence, I was still like good to go. I just couldn't mess up at a second one. But I tried to go into the arena. And tell myself that like you're not in first, you're in second, and you have someone to catch. So um that was kind of my mindset going into it.
2: Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. And you talked briefly, you did you do have a second horse. His name is Mango or Mr. Candyman. Tell us he's a little tricky also on the flat. He's not he's not our easiest one either, is he?
4: <laughs> no, he's a bit spooky, which is kind of his downfall. And I think that's what got us a bit. At young riders because when they had set up the arena they had spray painted it orange to know where to put the barriers around it and um they made it a bit wider than the orange spray paint so when he had done the did the ring familiarization the day before he streaked all the flowers and stuff and then when we went into the actual arena and around it he was fine because he had already seen it all and then i think he went down center line and he turned right and then i think he just kind of saw the orange spray paint and it blew his mind a bit (laughs) and i think he got a bit tense he wouldn't really stop sneezing but um we were able to keep it together we put in a really nice test so i was really happy with the way that he handled himself and like kept going because usually when he freaks out it's big mental breakdown and i think he was able to hold it together a bit and I wish that it hadn't been the first turn on the test. But I think um going into the next shows, I think this one was a big learning opportunity and experience so that when we go to the next shows we'll know how to handle them a bit more.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it is difficult with, with the horse tense because he can be fine in the warm up and then he goes down the center line or mm-hmm. around the ring and it's a whole different different ball game, which is hard. Yeah. For sure. So it is a little yeah, bit and tricky.
4: Yeah, he was already a bit tense and warm up as well.
2: Was he? Yeah, mm-hmm. it was a it was a big yeah. big trip out there and and lots of stuff to do, but. Alex, we're so glad you came back to talk to us. I mean, it was really, it was so much fun. I was so nervous. I was nervous all week <laughs> as they were as the, <laughs> in, in Blake Parks. They were all out uh, in Montana. And, and it just sounded like you guys had a, an awesome trip. And obviously came home with the right color, if I do say so myself. <laughs> but it was a, a great experience. And and that's what's so cool about the Young Rider program. So, Alex, we thank you so much for yeah. coming on the show. And uh, we're, we're having a pizza party for Alex at the barn tomorrow so we're super excited uh, i I'm, can't wait to hold that gold medal
4: Yep, you'll have to wear it for me
2: <laughs> oh I'm, I'm gonna don't worry i'm gonna put that baby on <laughs> so we'll put that on on the, the horse radio network on the dressage radio show facebook page that'll be fun so alex thanks so much for coming on congratulations again and and i can't wait for the next one yeah thank you so much reese Well, Phil, we were talking a little bit about at the beginning of the show, our experience at Briarfest. And uh, so this is actually the interview that I did. So I had the the mic on the other hand, if that makes sense. Um, I was being interviewed by the Arab Racing Radio Show, and I hope you enjoy the interview about Spin Doctor.
0: We're really excited to have with us today a fellow podcaster, a fellow Horse Radio Network podcaster. Reese Koffler-Stanfield is here, and you may know her from the Dressage Radio Show. And if you don't, you should go listen to the Dressage Radio Show. And she is here to talk a little bit about Spin Doctor, who, if you aren't familiar with him, he ran a few years ago. He is an ex-racehorse. He was stakes placed on the track, earned over $50,000 for owner Paul and Kathy Smoke. But when he retired from the track, they took him to the dressage ring. And I know, Reese, you didn't get him right off the track. You've just gotten him recently, correct?
2: Yeah, that's correct. We um, he came about six weeks ago from he had had a break sort of over the winter and came to us to get ready for Briar Fest this week.
0: So you today is Friday when we're recording and you were there today with him. How has he been received there?
2: He's been great. I will tell you. So actually my assistant, Ashley Rand is, has been riding him and I've been coaching her on the ground. I I happen to have been in in Germany doing some business. So I just got back myself. So Ashley took him over and got him settled in. And, um, what's really cool. It it is, it is an unbelievable environment. I think they're expecting 15,000 people. It is it is a lot of people and he, he really, you know, horses are such amazing creatures and spin today moved up several notches. I'm not sure there's a horse in my barn that could have handled that environment. Like, like he did, he was, it was amazing. Nice. He just, yeah, clued right into Ashley and I, and you know, I let her around for a while. because there were a lot of people and then, but once we sort of, you know, I got her in the ring and, and let her go and he was so good. It He could have been so bad and he was really, really good. <laughs> <laughs>
1: so are there any differences that you've found training Arabians versus other breeds?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think... Again, he's our first one. i I don't have a ton of experience with arabians. i won't I won't lie about that, but I have a lot of experience with warm bloods and thoroughbreds here in in Lexington. And, right. you know, honestly, he's so smart. I think that's the biggest difference. He's probably one of the smartest horses I've trained. He really and he likes his work. He clues into his people, and he's he gets the schedule. And from that aspect, he's been phenomenal. So it's, it's you know, I think every breed has their challenges. You know, just one of the things uh, we're working on with him is just, you know, he had an amazing race career. And just teaching him how to use his body a little differently right. uh, is what we're doing. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, have you had very many ex-racehorses?
2: Yeah, a lot of thoroughbreds. So um, I probably, of my teaching business, uh, about... are thoroughbreds actually, uh, that are coming from the racetrack and going into the eventing world. So I have had, you know, they also have similar challenges, you know, learning to be supple in their body and, and then also learning about the rhythm that we need them to have.
1: Mm -hmm. And just compared, I know you haven't had spin doctor very long, but, uh, is there much comparison between him as an Arabian versus a thoroughbred's ex-race horses that you've had any kind of similar difficult or differences there?
2: Well, I think again, you know, the difference is sort of between a warm blood and, and a horse that's a racing horse. They're, they're taught to run flat and long while we want them to be round and short. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. just in their body. So just innately what we're asking them to do is different. So what we do is a lot of suppling exercises and a lot of bending lines to kind of teach them to use their body in a different way. So that's sort of the challenge that we're doing with him. And every horse has, it's just like a, a human athlete. There are things they do well and there are things right. they need to work on. And And so I would say overall, just the suppleness in their body is where we focus. So
0: yeah, you said you haven't had him all that long but what is he like around the barn or what does he like to ride? Is he, does he have yeah. any quirks or is he
2: a fun horse? No, he's really fun. I mean, he, he is, you know, because he has a certain, you know, he came from the racetrack far uh, long ago. He was, he was, I think he was been in dressage training about two years, three years, maybe. Yeah with another trainer um and so I, our challenge with him was to kind of get him on our side and I hear that about Arabians actually I hear that once they sort of are on your team and on your yes. side they're and so I'm not gonna lie we have a jar of cookies by his stall <laughs> <laughs> we're teaching him to be completely woman broke and I think it's working like there you go yeah I'm not gonna lie like I think that's super important for him to know like I have I have an amazing team here and we're actually right now pretty much an all-female team and I think he's getting the idea he's like these girls are pretty cool I like yeah. them so so we do a lot of I know that's the every dressage person is is you know they feel me we're, we're we're cookie training a little bit but but I think that's important and I live here at the farm so you know every time I go out you know, in and, and my jammies, I like, give him kisses and kind of love on him a little extra so yeah. that he learns, like, we're his people and this is what we're doing. And he's he's getting the idea now.
0: Yeah. So no, rabbins <laughs> are very much like that. And I'm all for bribery if it works. I, yeah. you
2: know. I, I think it's great. <laughs> I'm, all for, I'm all for it. For sure.
0: <laughs> so tell us a little bit about the Dressage Radio show. Yeah. And-
2: we want everyone that listen to it as well so we right we, uh- record we're once a week and um it is a great show my my co-host fellow co-host is phil parks and he is also a trainer in canada so when you listen to the show you've got two dressage trainers we're not necessarily radio personalities but <laughs> we've been doing this for six years so we have improved a little uh, but it's a great show and, and we have just become the official podcast of the united states dressage federation that's great so, Yeah. so that was a really fun thing and Uh, we started some new things we've got a book club that we just started so that's quite fun and everyone can sort of play along if they'd like or read a little bit of each of the books Um, but we're really enjoying that part and uh, we get guests uh, all different aspects of dressage from uh, I think if you're a beginner rider you will enjoy it and and even if you're a professional rider you should get some tips as well so we try to kind of Look at all types and and areas of theory to to the practical aspect of dressage.
0: Nice, and you are also on the Horse Radio Network.
2: That's right, we are. Yeah. Yeah. So, how can people
0: find you if they want to learn more?
2: Absolutely. Well, I've got a horse radio email, so you can email me at reese at com. and uh, to look up the dressage radio show, you can go to the horseradionetwork.com and click on the dressage radio show, or you can find it in the app store as well. So we'd love to have other listeners and we'll probably have a couple more discussions about spin doctor. And if you're at Briar Fest, come and come and see us for sure.
0: Absolutely. Well, we thank you for chatting with us today, and I will see you tomorrow at yes, FireFest. Yes,
2: tomorrow. I can't wait to meet Yay, you. In- we can ahead. meet in person. <laughs> yes, thanks so much. Thank you, Reese. So we have a fantastic trainer tip, uh, a total saddle fit tip of the week as always, but I don't know about you, Phil, but I have been using my girths and uh, loving the neoprene liner on my Stretch Tech shoulder relief girth.
1: Well, like I said, uh, last week we were showing, so the neoprene liners got got uh, a break the, the week and then the, the leather liners got put on, you know, for the nice show girths. And, you know, you're yes, fantastic. You don't have
2: to do yeah. that. You can show in the neoprene. I you kind
1: of feel ne- like, I, yeah. I think that the look is a little nicer. Yep. And, we, you know, we had to make everything, try and make everything as perfect as perfect. we can. But, yep. um, you know, I, I tell everybody about the girths. If, you know, somebody comes up and, and asks like, oh, that's, that's a little bit different looking girths. You know, you can see them when we hang them up and clean them off at the end of the day. You know, what kind of girth is that? I said, it's the best girth. It's a shoulder relief yeah, girth. It's a stretch tech girth. So, you know, and I uh, give them a little talk about, you know, how they they fit so well and how they're anatomically correct and how the materials are great. And I can't say enough nice things about, about uh, the total relief shoulder girth.
2: Yeah, they're great. And uh, like I said, we love the liners, that, that it can be changeable. If you like the look for le- for the horse show of leather, you can do that. And then here in Kentucky, where it's really sweaty, the neoprene is great because we just hose them off. So we love it. So Justin at Total Saddle Fit is amazing. Um, and so you can check out their website, totalsaddlefit.com.
0: This week's dressage training tip is brought to you by Total Saddle Fit, home of the shoulder relief Girth at totalsaddlefit.com.
2: Well, Phil, kind of on that note for our trainer tip of the week, we were going to talk a little bit about you, you guys just went to a CDI, um, and, and talk a little bit about sort of what are the differences of a CDI versus a national show and, um, how do you decide when to go to a CDI? So I'll let you take it over.
1: Yeah. So one of my favorite horses uh, just debuted as first CDI with his owner. And um, I've been training this horse since he was three years old. And it was really, you know, it's one of our goals this year to, to try and, you know, to try and do and to do one. And so we've just been working our way up. Um, last year he did fourth level in the national classes did really well, scoring seventies. So we thought, well, we work hard over the winter. Maybe we can we can bump him up to the national Pre George and I won, the small tour. And, you know, if he's if he's good, and he's good enough, then we thought we would take him in the CDI, really support our local, you know, big show and kind of see how it goes. So, I mean, I think, you know, he exceeded all of our expectations with that plan. The horse has been really this is a really, really awesome horse, I cannot believe.
3: Yeah. He's wonderful.
1: Um, how, yeah. How lucky, you know, and with the training and with his personality and, you know, because his, his owner is an adult amateur and, uh, you know, so I get to do a lot of the, the training, you know, get him up to teach him. so I've taught him, you know, the threes, the, you know, the threes and twos and because in the fourth level he did last year, he did fours and threes. And so I sort of bring him up to a level and then she takes over and I say, okay, we're ready. We're, you know, to do the pirouettes, to do you know, all the stuff that happens in, you know, in the small tour classes. And, um, you know, he, he hasn't really missed a beat. I mean, he doesn't try anything. It's not try to be bad. He's just a really hard worker and a really super, super horse. And so the decision to, to enter him in the CDI, um, is a tough one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it depends where you show. I mean, here, we have quite a few competitions, uh, you know, high level national competitions where you w- you will be competing. If you enter the open classes, you will be competing against, you know, our, our team riders, our Olympic riders, you know, because they're out there getting experience. We've got two, no three, sorry, this year we had three CDIs, but you know, so every, if you go out there and you, and you enter in an open show, you're, you you can kind of gauge about where you would be at if, if you were, you know, to show in the CDI to kind of get an idea of, of if you're ready or, or you know, what the, the judging around is, they get that very high level judges, international judges, even to show even to judge the, the national classes. So we have great opportunities to kind of test the waters out a little bit um, before we actually have to enter. You know, the, one of these big shows, these big classes. So we took him out. He did really well in the Pre-St. George. So in our first show of the season, we just showed him three days. Only only did the St. George. Scored uh, really well. He actually um, was judged under Stephen Clark in one of the shows. Yep. I mean, awesome. this was, you know, so this makes the transition really easy. Because, yeah. um, you know, if you're already competing under Stephen Clark... Right. And you right. have an idea. You have an yeah. idea of what your score will will be mm-hmm. or, or will be close to, or kind of you can gauge fairly easily what's going to happen if you want to enter the enter a, uh, CDI. So I uh, got a very good score under Stephen Clark in the St. George. So the next show we went to, it was maybe three weeks later. Um, we just entered him in the I1 over the weekend, three mm-hmm. three times in the I-1. It's, you know, keep the pattern simple, you yep. know, keep the idea simple that we're not doing different tests over the different days. And, and just, we can say this, in in, in this weekend, we're going to work on the I-1 and we can kind of tweak it a little bit and see how it rides and, you know, that kind of thing. So we did that a little bit later and he did really well. I mean, not as well that the, the I-1 is a much harder test. I mean, we sort of uh, lumped the two together. Yeah. You yeah, know, small tour, but Ooh. yeah, it's so, a step up to do the yeah, I one from for the sure. Yeah, the pirouettes are full pirouettes. You have to ride uh, threes and uh, two time changes mm-hmm. instead of fours and threes. So it, you know, and everything uh, really comes up quickly. The pattern doesn't ride so much like a mirror. So it's a little bit harder to remember. And then you're just doing, like you do about, what is it, five diagonals, six diagonals, and something, something like different that. on each one of those diagonals. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot. Extended canter, threes, twos, and and not necessarily in the pattern that you wish they would be written in. Mm-hmm. Um, or the
2: direction, yeah.
1: Yeah, so it's mm-hmm. it's very, very tricky test. He, he went through those, Pat, that that weekend of I-1s, and... Uh, it was a lot it was a really hot weekend it was a lot but he he did pretty good he did pretty good and then we we sat down we talked about it we thought you know could we improve him a little bit in between could we ride the, the the test a little bit better so so that the scores would be a little bit better and then so we just thought you know what the horse is great he's sound he's happy you know let's just do it let's you know support the the cdi with another competitor and you know and, you know, the money goes towards you know a pool, and and if you want to have CDIs and if you want to have competitions, you have to enter them, because it, it, you know a year later when you think, okay, now I'm really ready, they don't they didn't have enough competitors for the year before, and now you don't have the opportunity. So we just thought, let's take the opportunity, let's enter them, let's you know, let's the next two or three weeks work as hard as we can to really polish off some of those tests, and we'll see what happens. And so that's what we did. Awesome. Um, but it was i think it's really was all about the opportunity to know what to expect Mm -hmm. to have these bigger shows to enter that aren't necessarily the the cdi competitions and and so you go to a cdi you have like five judges around the ring all with their vantage points and and your mistakes are going to get picked up and in this kind of competition it's it's another level of of pressure, there's you know some separate rules about the FEI, you know, and about warm ups, and right. you have to do the jog, and so it's 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 a lot, it's a lot, you know, and and there is a lot of pressure, and and uh, you are going to be competing. So we didn't have the opportunity to enter; they didn't uh, hold an amateur, uh-huh. um, tour classes like they you know in other bigger CDIs around the country, they they might ha- offer those, but they didn't have this one, so. My student, my client had to show in, you know, in the open against top riders and, and she was really nervous about it. But we we were out there for our own reasons. And that's what I had, you know, that's what we had to focus on. We were doing, you know, we're out there for our own reasons. We're not necessarily going to judge her performance against, you know, what other people were doing. You know, we were out there to gain experience and, and to figure it all out and to try and have a good time, you know, and and, and see where we're at. With 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 a horse like this, who's just so awesome, we want you know want yeah, to really have positive, yeah, and really have mm-hmm. these bucket list items. She wanted you know she wants to be able to say that she's shown against these you know yeah,
2: and she great did great. And, yeah,
1: she did yeah, amazing. She got a sixty five in the Saint George and a sixty five in the in the I one, and that's
3: yeah, that's exceeded
1: huge. our expectations. We thought yeah. that was sort of best case scenario. <laughs> well, and
3: really I think amazing. that's Really amazing. Really
1: pulled it really. out. Really held it together. Really great. You know, um,
3: that's awesome. And, and it's
2: a lot more pressure. You know, you've got the jog up, you've got, you know, passports and, you know, you compete for your country. And, and it really is a, the, a And whole stewards are
1: serious. It's not Yeah. A, it's not all, you know, in, in, they're they really serious about their tax checks and they're really serious about yes. the barn checks they have to go through and yes. do barn checks and their security in the barn. And it's just, mm-hmm.
2: it's just a whole different, it, it's just a whole different step up. So you really have to be able to say you've shown, uh and done really well at the national show before you step up you really want to be in the 70s at the national show yeah i mean it's um,
1: hard it's hard to gauge because there's you know different shows and 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 who will have different judges you know and who may judge easier maybe harder or just different so yeah yeah. um, like i said locally here we're really having the advantage of of, yeah that's nice you know the shows they bring in Really, top judges. We we know what the scores are going to be. So it's a it's a hard decision if you're from somewhere else in the country that, sure. that doesn't have that advantage. That you say, well, you know, should I should I ship you know five hours to go to a CDI? I think my my horse and I are doing really well. Yeah, that's a that's a really it's a yeah. tough call. Right? Well,
2: in the, you know, we're lucky in Florida. There's something like ten of them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Know, there's in Florida.
1: Ten, it's the same situation. You know, or, or you know what's going weeks, on, right? You yeah. know what to expect, but if if maybe you're, I don't know, showing in, in Ohio or, you know, in yeah, different parts sure. in Canada. Yeah. I think you should be expecting to, you know, be able to consistently score quite high yeah. because quite high. those those European yeah. judges, they're tough, aren't they?
2: They're tough. They're really <laughs> tough. They're no joke, really tough. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well,
1: you're, you're not necessarily going to get a lot of positive comments on your tests. I think. No. I mean, th- there are, you know, things that you can take away, but they really judge like it's like it's uh, professionals that, you know, they're right. not there to make you feel nice about it. And it's, yeah. They it's, don't you know. apologize for that.
2: there are other there are other venues for that. So,
1: yeah, there's lots of other yeah. shows for that. And, and uh, you know, that have a little bit different expectations of the horses and of the quality of riding, quality of horse. So, yeah, yeah. you just have to be prepared. I mean, so she got her test back and there's, you know five different tests you know you go through and they may not all agree and you might think oh i wish they would like give me more guidance on this score or that because you know the stuff is happening very fast and they're just giving scores out right they're not adding a ton of comments or at the bottom of the test you're not going to get a whole big description on how you did or how to make it better this you know the feedback is is a lot less on you know why you got a five or a four oh, yeah. it's just
2: they're just gonna <laughs> yeah. write
1: something real quick and then that's it then we on to the then next thing yeah yeah so yeah. it's a it's a little bit different uh when when you do get those those tests back and uh the feedback level is is less so
2: and but worth if you're thinking about a cdi you know worth going to a cdi first and seeing sort of how it works and the yeah. quality of horses you're going to be up against and the riders and the trainers uh for sure so
1: um well i love it can it. Be a lot of fun it can be a lot of fun and it, and it, it can be it's know, a like, great goal yeah you don't need to be winning classes to no. you know to be competing in in these shows it's just uh yeah you gotta it's just everything is is taken a little, a little more seriously so
2: yeah it's really cool and if you get a chance just to go see it and see the difference it's fantastic well, I love it. Well, um, as always, we've got some emails and Facebook shout outs. Uh, I've got just a, a shout out to Blake Park. Uh, she was also on um, the one star eventing team that I also also coach. So I had to give her a shout out as well. So oh,
1: nice.
2: um, I know. So they're on their way back now. So as always, you can find our show notes and links to today's guests on our website, dressageradio.com. Like us on Facebook, just search dressage radio show. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. My website is maplecrestfarmky.com, and my email is reese at horseradionetwork.com.
1: The best way to find me is probably on Facebook, or my email is philip at horseradionetwork.com. I'd like to thank our sponsors this week for allowing us to put on a good show. And don't forget to check out all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com.
2: Everybody, keep your heels down and your shoulders back, and we'll talk
3: to you next week.